Welcome, listeners, to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, the podcast dedicated to the lighter side of crime fiction. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host. On each episode, I interview an author writing cozy, traditional, or historical mysteries. You won't find mysteries with explicit sex or violence. You will find mysteries with high-quality writing, intriguing plots, and engaging characters. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host of the podcast. Misha Pop joins me in the corner today to chat about magic lies and deadly pies. Welcome, Misha. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Magic lies and deadly pies falls on the edgier end of the cozy and traditional mystery spectrum. So would you tell us a little bit about your protagonist, Daisy, and her special talent? So Daisy is my vigilante baker who kills bad men with good pies. Um, She is sweet and innocent in every aspect except for her magic. Um, But she's still using it for a good reason. So even though she might technically be considered a serial killer, I would like to think that she is also one of the good guys. She's the the good kind of serial killer. The good kind of serial killer. (laughs) Now, I, for one, love a good revenge fantasy. Uh, So what inspired you to create uh, Daisy and her murder pies? A couple couple of things, actually. So it is 100% a revenge fantasy, for sure. Um, The original version, though, was actually very political. And it was written during the kind of tail end of the Trump administration. And it was actually an assassination fantasy. so that was one aspect of it. Um, and it's 100% a love letter to Pushing Daisies, which was a great quirky show about a magic pie maker who used his power to help solve crimes where my murder girl likes to use her power to commit some crimes. Um, so it's a little mashup of kind of the things I love best, which is a good murder and good food. Um, and also we have a very good dog in there, which is very important. Murder, food, dog, and magic. That's a, it's a, the perfect combination. Yeah, it's very random, but I like to think that it worked. <laughs> now, the, the definition of cozy mystery has changed since the days of uh, what it was simply cozy Agatha Christie versus hard-boiled Dashiell Hammett, and it continues to change. You know, there's there's a lot more nuance to the term now. There's subgenres like culinary cozies and millennial cozies, and increasingly, you know, we're also having uh, the terms like uh, traditional mystery and amateur sleuth mystery even to distinguish those from cozies. So where would you classify magic lies and deadly pies? Or do you even worry about where to put it on the bookstore shelf? So I've started referring to it as cozy adjacent. Um, I did not write it as a cozy mystery. So I was surprised as anybody when that's the shelf that it ended up on. Um, Cause I did used to work as a librarian and I know that my cozy readers were very rigid in what they wanted and what they would tolerate in their books. And my book is not those things. So there are definitely times where I'm a little nervous about how it's going to be received once it's published. Um, so far, my blurbs and like my net gallery reviews have been great, but it's very consistent. And this is like, this is not a cozy. This is so much darker than I expected, but it's awesome, which has been great. But I do worry a little bit that the kind of more tradi- uh, traditional um cozy reader is going to pick it up and be like oh she's killing people in the first chapter no thank you um so we'll see but so cozy adjacent has kind of been how I'm phrasing it I don't know if it's the best way but it is sort of 
the best I can do with it, I guess. Um, Cause it is, it does have kind of those cute cozy aspects to it with like the fashion and the, the food. But at the end of the day, she is killing people with these amazing pies. So it's walking an interesting line and we'll, it'll be interesting to see how it's received. But that leads into my, my next question about the uh, debate uh, that's centering on just how sort of real world cozy should be. You know, many readers do turn to them uh, to escape from reality, especially during the mm-hmm. pandemic when reality is pretty grim. But other readers, while they're you know, not out for, for the blood and guts that you'd find in noir, they still want to see characters who reflect their lived experiences, but maybe in a more right. gentleish way. So you you tackle real world issues head on. Your protagonist, as you said, is a serial killer, even though she's a very sweet one. Uh, I know you, you include slang and profanity because that's the way people talk. But you, and this maybe is why I'm just guessing you end up on the cozier side of the bookstore. You avoid preachiness. You know, you're, you're not, it's not a textbook and mm-hmm. you're also not graphic. So how right. did you kind of balance that real world with, uh, so the, the escapism that, that lets people say, Hey, I can read this and, and, and relax and sort of vicariously pick off all of those people who did me wrong. Yeah. So I definitely going into, I was aware of wanting to keep Daisy very kind of relatable like yes she is a serial killer but you she's the kind that you want to like go have lunch with um so as she was doing these bad things I wanted it to still be a very escapist read um and at the end of the day that was what I was going for like this is not this big serious manifesto on anything it is a fun murdery escape read um and I I did I made a deliberate effort to keep some of those lighter aspects at the forefront even as we are delving into some more blatantly political or divisive things that you wouldn't see in more of like the kind of older cozies um, where it's very palatable for everyone to read. Um, but I would like to think that some of the things that I do bring in, whether it's um, the, her her queerness or like the trans rights that we touch on or the abortion rights is still done in a way that it's very human and it's just very natural for the characters rather than being, this is what we're talking about. So please learn a lesson right now. Um, but again, those are things that I knew going into it when it was shelved as cozy might be off-putting for some readers. So I'm just trying to be like kind of as open that those things are in there as possible. Um, and I'm not apologizing for them by any stretch. <laughs> it's just, if it's not the kind of thing that you're looking to pick up, I'd rather people not pick it up than pick it up and be like, oh, this is terrible and leave me all sorts of scathing nastiness. But we shall see. Well, it, it, I, I think about things like Arsenic and Old Lace, which is thought of as a comic film, yes. but it's still got old ladies killing people. So killing people, people yes. are, are more tolerant than I think they give themselves credit for. It's like, you know, if you, if you like that, then well. Exactly. Like, just come on the ride and let's see how it goes. <laughs> but but speaking of, of serial killer protagonists, um, I won't use the word likable because I detest that word, but how do you, how do you create a main character who does things that are definitely not nice but you still get readers to want them to succeed in the end I mean you know no one wants to um see Daisy not come out on top despite her body count so part of it is she might be doing bad things but she's doing them for good reasons um this is not just, she's not Villanelle from Killing Eve. Like, she's not just going out and killing people because it's fun and exciting. Like, she has 
a strict code of conduct, if that makes sense, for who, who she's killing and why she's killing them. Um, and it's also not her only defining characteristic. Like, at the end of the day, Daisy has magic pies. And yes, some of them will kill people. But some of them just make your day a little bit brighter. Or they make your test a little easier to study for. Um, and in her world, bo- both of those things are almost equally as important. Like, it's not, she is not this one-dimensional killing machine. She has other things going for her. Um which I think helps with that kind of relatability aspect and for people who might not normally pick up a serial killer book makes this might be the exception to that because sure we're going to kill some people but we're also going to have some pies in a cooking contest and it's going to be kind of a fun fun journey yes (laughs) as you mentioned Daisy's pies have actual magic baked into them but not in the you know cast a spell way it's more of the like water for chocolate magic realism way so what led you to blend magic realism into your your crime fiction versus going the more traditional route of like putting actual poison in food so part of that was the logistics of if she was poisoning the pies with actual like physical real world poison they became dangerous to everybody um and i wanted it to be done in such a way and this is expanding on the murder aspect um where if a woman was getting this pie for her an abusive husband she could serve this pie she could eat it safely and that her husband would eat it and he would die and she would never be blamed for it because there was no physical poison going into it because if she was poisoning these let's say with arsenic uh it would be just as likely that these battered women were doing it and they had enough to deal with without figuring out how to dodge that murder charge so in a way, it's cheating because it just gives her this easy escape. Um, but it also goes back to the whole pushing Daisy's influence. Of, I like I like magic food stories, um, like Susan Christel, Amy Reichert to a degree. Um, hers aren't quite as magic necessarily, but like food is magic at the end of the day, and it's not necessarily like like you said casting spells, but it's like a pie or a cookie or like a cozy beef stew or something like it can make your day better and there's a little bit of magic in that so it's like the book is just making that extra magic and as you said there is a lot of of magic in the more figurative sense and the literal sense associated with with food i mean you know uh, food and pies in particular sort of symbolize uh you know not just the baking but also the the love and the the care that goes into that and as a as a non-baker i certainly appreciate anyone who takes the time to do all that that careful measuring and mixing and uh yeah no i'm not doing it myself but i will eat what you but bake. you'll enjoy it <laughs> but, but uh you know and and Love and care are timeless concepts that are familiar to even the most uh, traditional and coziest of cozy readers. Yes. Uh, so, but, but why pies? Because I like them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and honestly, it's sort of a... Okay, so I can laugh about it and say it is as simple as that, but it, it, I guess to a degree it's not. Um, so I worked as a baker for a while, and I had many years of doing cakes kind of as a side hustle. Um, and to me, like, cake is fussy. Um, like I will absolutely make you this three-tiered fondant monstrosity or something sculpted into something that's not cake um, and it will look very pretty and it will taste good but it's fussy if you want something that you're just like I want to eat something good pie is something good it might not be the fanciest thing but there's a million iterations of it and it's just cozy 
And it's also designed for sharing. And I'm saying that as if I'm not somebody who will sit there and eat an entire pie by myself out of the pan with a fork. But in general, if you're making a pie, it is for sharing. So it's naturally one of those foods that is, has that sort of like comfort sharing family aspect to it. Um, And it's just better than cake. (laughs) Well, that was my, you answered my next question. I was going to say pie or cake. (laughs) Definitely pie. (laughs) Pie all day long. Um, If you're paying me cake, but otherwise pie all day long. So what's your, what's your favorite pie? It varies, to be honest. Um, probably my favorite favorite is raspberry coconut, just because there's nothing better than toasted coconut. And I love the sharpness of raspberries. So I just do uh, all butter crust, um, nice thick and raspberry filling and toasted coconut on top. It is not fancy, but it's tasty. That sounds delicious, actually. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the recipes, you, you mentioned that you're a baker, so are the recipes in the book your recipes? They are, actually. Um, and it's funny because baking is, like, it is a science. It is precise to a degree. Like, you have to measure things. Otherwise, you're not necessarily going to get your end product to be what you're trying to get. Um, but I like pie because there is so much room to wing it. As long as you have solid basics, you can change up things as much as you want. And I tend to write checks my brain hasn't cashed when it comes to recipes. I'm like, oh, this this will totally work. And I know in my head it will work and I can go bake it and it will work. But just because I can bake it, like winging it, like especially with the um, the main pie in this book with the granulated honey streusel, that is something I make on a regular basis, but I literally never measure my ingredients for it. So I had to like kind of scale it back and be like, okay, if we're going to do this so that everyone can make it. Uh, There was definitely like the recipe development process, which was fun. it's, it's, did, all of the recipes are original. <laughs> so did you develop them uh, yourself or did you have a, a, is a co-chef or a co-recipe creator? Or? It was me. It was just knowing that, like, it was literally, a, just like for the streusel, it was, I would dump in whatever I would normally dump in and then measure it and be like, okay, this is like two cups or whatever. Um and go from there. And then I had my sister test them just to make sure that it would actually work for somebody who hadn't seen it or who isn't necessarily used to the, the techniques. Um, and luckily they all worked and it was fine. Um, and your sister's your best friend now, right? Cause she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll test. I'll, I'll be your, I'll be your, your pie tester. Oh yeah. I definitely had people who were very happy about being guinea pigs for pie recipes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, because like I said, I am not opposed to necessarily eating an entire time by myself. Um, It's a flaw, but I'll accept it. (laughs) No, uh, pies are very comforting and and traditional. Uh, And in your book, you have characters who are very modern, social media savvy, digital natives. Mm -hmm. So what was it like writing a book, which, you know, even in electronic form gives you a different reading experience than a, a... tweet thread or newsfeed uh, in which digital platforms are so central to a plot when the very cozy love and care and baking was also a central element. How, how did you blend that sort of very modern with, with very traditional? So my characters are mostly, um, my main trio anyway, are in their early 20s. So for them, that it would be a natural extension. It would be we're baking something and we're sharing it with the people in our immediate vicinity, but we're also going to share it with people beyond. Um, So it made sense. And especially for Daisy, she is running a pie business. And in this day and age, you are not running any business if you do not have an online presence. It is just the fact of it. Um, 
and occasionally that's to the unfortunate side of it, but it is just the reality of it. So as much as I didn't want to bog her down in like particular social media platforms or something, the fact is she would be sharing parts of her business and parts of like her um, competition journey with her following. So I never wanted it to be like at the forefront, but it was just, it's part of her life. Um, and just, I think to separate that out and act like it didn't exist would have been a harder than necessary and be just an unrealistic um, depiction of what her real life would be like. And so for, for readers who uh, want to sort of uh, uh, share in, in your uh, writing journey and, and the I'm sure to be success of your, your book. Where can, where on social media can they connect with you? So I am on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nisha pop underscore at the end. Um, and my Instagram in particular, it's, it's pies and dogs. It is my dog and it's a pies. <laughs> so if you're looking for the particularly foodie content, that's where it's going to be. Um, and I am not on Facebook. I probably should be. I am not. Um, well, you you are on you're on Instagram though, and and yes. pie, pies and dogs is is pretty much classic Instagram. I mean that that's, I mean that's let's be honest, that's what we go to Instagram for. Exactly. Yep. Um, Twitter is where you'll find more book related stuff, but Instagram is where pie and dog pictures are living. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of pies and dogs, uh, when and where can readers buy a copy of Magic Lies and Deadly Pies? So at this point, um, pre-orders are up everywhere um so any of your local indies can buy them um or can pre-order your copies um obviously the big places amazon um barnes and noble bookshop.org uh, um indiebound um and there are direct links on my website which is just mishapop.com um under the books section hey and what day will is it scheduled to be released it's going to be released may 10th um which is coming up so fast. <laughs> oh, I know. Gosh, it's uh, kind of amazing how time flies. It's like we yeah. should all slow down and enjoy a slice of pie. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me in the corner today, Misha. No, this is excellent. I had fun. Oh, and uh, before I go, I, I did mean to ask, uh, what's uh, what's next for you and, and Daisy and the murder pies? So book two actually just got submitted to my editor. There will be a sequel. Um, and it's basically murder the great British bake off. So more baking companies, mm. a lot more murder. <laughs> oh, so wow. The the possibilities of that are, are fascinating. No. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. It was a big cast for this one. Um, and I like everybody on it. Like I was actually the winner of the competition is not necessarily my favorite contestant, so it was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that gives us something to to look forward to. Yes. So thank you again for, for joining me in the corner. Uh, and thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. My guest today was Misha Pop, author of Magic, Lies, and Deadly Pies. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.